welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. Today, guys, we're continuing uh, in our series of uh, questions from Jeff's apprentices. Um, so if you haven't caught the last couple episodes, go back and listen to those because um, these are people who are learning creative financing right now, learning how to be real estate investors. And they had some great questions regarding creative financing. Um, so we're going to continue with, with their questions. And uh, we left off on Nicole. And Nicole, you have a couple more questions. So uh, let's, let's get your questions out of the way first. Go ahead and shoot for it. Sure, thanks. Um, I was just curious, um, are there any type of loans that you can't utilize for creative financing? Like, you know, let's say someone has like a FHA or a VA loan, does it matter? Uh, FHA and VA loans are okay. Now, here in Utah, we have, uh, what's it called, Jeff? Utah Housing Authority or uh -huh. something? Yeah, down payment assistant loans. Yeah, down payment assistance loans, and they are notorious for um, the, utilizing the due on sell clause if you transfer title uh, and try to keep the loan in place. Um, but regardless of what kind of loan it is, you can always get around a due on sell clause with a contract for deed, right? So that's another strategy we talk about using um, where title isn't changing up front. So there's, there's no title exchange. So uh, it would be really difficult for uh, any kind of bank to, um, you know, use, utilize the do on sell clause and say, improve that you sold the property when nothing's changed on title, because, you know, that title has to change. That's their definitive proof that uh, you violated the do on sell clause. Um, but is there any other loans you've ran into, Jeff, that so it's it's not necessarily the loans; it's the title company that you're using. And uh, I will tell you, we just closed on a deal where we were going to pay cash for the property, and then we decided to change it to subject to. And the title company we were using would not close the deal. Uh, they do not do subject to deals. Uh, you will hear that. Uh, the title companies will not wrap FHA loans. That, that is incorrect. There are some title companies that will not wrap FHA loans, and there are some that will. Uh, and VA loans, uh, you may or may not hear that you can wrap those. So let, let me really quickly tell you what the advantages, disadvantages are. So for me, VA loans are totally fine but I don't want to do a VA loan long-term. And the reason that I don't want to do that is that uh, the VA loans give these veterans 
a big benefit um, to buying a house or buying multiple houses. And I don't want to take that away from them for long term, even though they may say they don't need it now. Uh, my experience has been is that, you know, things improve, life circumstances change, and uh, three to five years from now, they're going to wish that they had that opportunity. And so I, I, I like to keep VA loans to like five years max. FHA, uh, again, it's about finding the right uh, title company. Um, any kind of down payment assistance programs, I'd be careful about because they like to call the loans due. And, um, and then, of course, reverse mortgages. Uh, be careful. I, I, would, I would not do any kind of owner finance on a reverse mortgage unless it's going to be a very quick turn, you know, something where you're going to put right back on the market, you're going to wholetail it, you're going to do something like yeah. that. And we did an episode on that, Jeff. We well, we've probably about, done it a few times. Yeah, we but, talked uh, about how to structure a deal on that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you, you have to keep it short term because that loan is due within six months to a year. Yeah. Now, once they find out that so-and-so is no longer living in the property, the, the, the borrower, that uh, they will then call that loan due. Yeah. Good question. Yep. Jake. Uh, next christy or yeah i think it's do you, christy do you want to continue on though nicole do we want oh yeah sure go ahead nicole. Out of the way? um so sure um let's say i bought a property um you know owner finance and you know the terms are let's say five years um can i sell that before the payoff or um do i have to I guess it depends on the contract, right? What's written in the contract. Do you guys typically leave it open to where you can sell it if you wanted to, or do you, do you not do that? Yeah. If, yeah. You can sell it. You, yeah. So if you're buying the property and um, title goes into your name and that's, that's the most secure position for you to be in uh, you can definitely sell the property. You, you own the property at that point. And even if a seller is holding financing on terms for you, they're just the bank, right? Uh, you're the owner of the property on record. So you can sell that before the five, five years. So if you wanted to live there five years or rent it out for five years, you could do that. And then at the end of that term, um, sell the property. That's, that's fine. If you buy on a contract for deed, you can do the same thing. So uh, even if there wasn't, um, even if title didn't transfer into your name, you could still sell on a contract for deed because, um, you know, with these contracts for deeds, there's, uh, you know, a bill of sale and you and uh, a memorandum recorded on title. So you have the right to uh, buy that property uh, anytime during that term. So yes, the answer is absolutely. So, and, and I'll probably just take this to another degree. It's very important when you are putting together your own deal on owner finance that you are paying particular attention to some of the details. So is there a prepayment penalty? So that would mean that, hey, the, the seller wants to get paid a certain amount of interest um, and does not want you to go sell this property or refinance early um, because they're losing out on some of that interest. So 
they're going to charge you if you sell early. Uh, if there's a prepayment penalty, you should know exactly how long that is and make sure that that works for what you're trying to do. The second thing would be is if you were trying to sell this property on terms yourself, um, so you're buying on terms and then uh, whether you, you're looking at doing it right away or somewhere down the road uh, where the loan will still be carried by the seller in some way or another, that you need to know is, is it due on sale or not? And what that means is, does the seller now have the right, if you transfer it, to call the loan due? And in my purchase and sale agreement, we, we have a, a spot where you can put that in, whether the, there's a prepayment penalty and whether there is whether it's due on sale or not. So yes, you always have the right that you can sell the property, but you better be clear on the way you can sell it and when you can sell it without having any kind of penalty. Yep. Okay. You got another one, Nicole? Um, yeah, I, this one's actually for you, Jonathan, because I didn't realize that you weren't um, a wholesaler and uh, I did join the apprenticeship program, not necessarily with the intention to wholesale, but um, to find deals for myself to buy and hold. So I'm just curious um, how you're doing that. How are, are you utilizing some of the uh, wholesale you know, tactics to find your own deals or um, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. So in the past, I've used creative financing. So uh, I've bought a deal contract for deed from Jeff. Uh, he wholesaled me a deal. Uh, and then there was another one that I did. Um, I did an all-inclusive trust deed on a property. So it was a short-term financing deal, right? So I've been flipping houses and, uh, and that's what I plan to do with this property. So I, you know, actually this seller, um, she was about to uh, get foreclosed on. They they filed the uh, they filed something on title that uh, stating that they're going to foreclose on the property, and um, <clears throat> I already had the property under contract, uh, you know, for a cash offer. And then she all of a sudden after this was filed, she had um, you know three or four other people that. Uh, uh, contacted her and said, Hey, yeah, we'll give you a little more than that. So she came back to me and told me that. And I said, well, you know, I can offer you a little more, but you know, you got to be willing to hold or keep the loan in place uh, for a period of time until I can, you know, get this thing rehabbed and sold. And she was open to that. And uh, so that's how I've used creative financing um, in the past is, you know, I did an all-inclusive trust deed with her. I just wrapped her existing note um, and, and then, you know, I still gave her the same down payment up front, um, the title transferred into my name. And uh, I think we sold that in five months. And so it was a win win for her, she got a little more money. And then, you know, I still was able to, to keep the deal when she, when someone offered her more, but did I have to do that? No, but it actually worked better out there. It worked better in my favor, you know, because I did already have the the property under contract, right? So um, I could have filed a notice of interest if she didn't want to fulfill her end of that contract. But, you know, I just offered, I just pulled that out of my tool belt to offer her a solution to give her a little more money. And then it, 
in turn, uh, I didn't have to go out and source hard money to close on the deal. So, uh, and then today I'm, so I, I'm still looking for um, wholesales, but, uh, or excuse me, I'm still looking for flips, uh, but I've, I've been, you know, looking more towards wholesalers to, to find those. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, my focus now is, is trying to build uh, rental property. Um, so I will do an occasional flip uh, in, in the, in the future. But, um, my goal is to use any money that I make on that flip to, you know, buy, buy more rental property. Cause that, that's what I want to focus on now. Did, did that answer your question or you want me to la- elaborate more as to what I'm doing? No, that, that answered it. So Thanks. creative finance is going to become a lot more prevalent in your business now, Jonathan, because yeah, you don't want to go get bank loans on, you know, all these rental properties, you want to start acquiring them. Um, via either, finance. Yeah, either refinance them with little to no money out of your pocket or to be able to buy them without having to go get a loan. Right? Yeah, great point. And, you know, because I have learned and understand creative financing now from you, Jeff, over all these years, um, I, I'm in a really good position right now to, you know, start marketing to sellers again and, um, you know, just offer them term offers to hold the property long term and, uh, you know, try to get in light. Right. And yeah. so I, I'm in a very good position to do that. Um, and that, that's going to be my focus moving forward. Very good. All right. Uh, Christy, do you have another question? Yes, I do. If the seller won't accept anything less than 20% down, what options, if any, do you give the seller? Um, it depends on what is owed on the property, right? Uh, 20%, I mean, you, that's, that's, getting, that's not getting in light and uh, that makes it really hard to wholesale it. Um, but there is always uh, the strategy of using um, uh, seller subordination where you can come in, give them a bigger down payment if they're willing to carry a second on that. Uh, but that, with that said, that down payment has to wipe out any first mortgage that they have held on the property. Um, but no, it just depends on the deal and, and uh, what your, your goal is, I guess, what your strategy, what your exit strategy is. Right. I totally um, agree. And uh, I can tell you that, uh, that we've paid more than 20% down on a couple of deals this year but they were short-term deals. And so it doesn't really matter that much because that money's coming back very quickly. And uh, I'd still rather put down a bunch of money than have to go get hard money. And so it really depends on your exit and subordination would also come into play. But if I'm looking at buying and holding a property like long-term, uh, I, I'm not even considering putting down 25% or, uh, I, I mean, I might as well just go to the bank and uh, the rest of the terms better be outstanding. Um, and I still don't know if I would, if I would consider doing it. Um, uh, you know, cash is king. So I, I, at least 
according to my business model, um, uh, I want to maintain my cash as much as possible. I want to have as little money in these deals as possible. Uh, if there, if it's there short term, that's fine. But uh, I don't want to sink long term money into deals. Um, that money doesn't come back out very quickly. And sometimes it never does until you sell or able to refinance. Yeah. And if they, you know, if, if they're stickler on that, you can say, well, Mr. Seller, we, you know, we can go to, if we're going to put 20% down, we can go to any bank to get a loan on that. And um, we can probably find something that produces more cash flow for that same 20%. Uh, so that's, that's always a, option uh, and I, it, without just basically saying hey that won't work maybe we're not a good fit for one another uh my response would be is why do you need 20 percent down and uh, when did you become the bank of uh, bank of america or wells fargo uh uh is there something specific that you need this money for and sometimes if we can talk through what it is yeah, you know, a lot of times it's not that they need the money for something specific. It's they don't trust you yet. And if I can get to that answer, then maybe we can work on the trust issues rather than uh, leaving it just as, uh, hey, I want 20 or 25% down or I'm not doing this. Uh, if that's the case, then it, it becomes more of a dead lead. Uh, rather than asking another couple of questions to dig a little deeper and see what the actual situation is. Right. Um, let's get Anthony a question here, just so that I don't want to run out of time without asking him any questions. Go ahead, Anthony. Thanks. Um, uh, yeah, great. Uh, great answers, guys, and questions. Um, so I do have a question. Um, when I first started the apprenticeship, you know, I, I not only could I not find deals, I didn't know how to recognize them, and uh, now I'm learning how to make offers. Um, so basically, my question is: now that uh, I'm able to find these deals, and um, I, I was going to ask this question in, in one of the classes. Um, how, how, can we, um, how can we best work with investors to purchase them ourselves rather than wholesaling them on? Um, other than, I know the subordination, you talk about that a lot, we can bring a, an investor in for that, but I was just wondering, um, you know, other ways, I know this is a, probably a bigger question than just a quick answer, but uh, I just thought just some high level ways we can bring investors in to help ourselves uh, purchase these properties. Sure, it's yeah. actually not a, uh, it's not a tough question to answer. Um, no, you just, you go to your local RIA, you find guys who are interested in buying rental property and uh, you say, Hey, would you be interested in partnering with me? If I found a great deal, I brought it to you on terms and we just had to come up with the down payment. Um, so it sounds to me like you're asking more like, could you find a partner that would bring in a, a down payment? Uh, and the answer is absolutely. You just, you find someone who's interested in buying more rental property and just ask them if they're open to partnering with you. If you're able to go in, find the property, right? Find a seller, offer terms on it, and they accept those terms. Well, you've brought a lot of value to the table. You found the deal, you got it on good terms. You don't have to go through and get a bank loan on it. Um, you, you could probably easily find someone that would 
be more than willing to, you know, partner on, on the deal and bring in all of the down payment required to, to buy that deal. Yeah. I, yeah. But the partnerships are one thing. Um, lenders, lenders for down payment, lenders for bank loans. Um, it's all very possible. Um, I, I know people that are buying 100 plus unit apartment buildings. And if you bring them the deal, you know, the, the deal's already under contract and they like the deal, um, they'll do everything and they'll give you a piece of the equity. Uh, so you're building, you know, cash flow that way, you're going to get paid. You know, uh, I, I'd probably want some kind of fee up front. Um, it doesn't have to be huge or anything, but uh, depending on how much equity, and it may range from three to 10% of the deal. And, you know, when, when you're talking 100, 150 units uh, or more, that, that might be significant. So there's all kinds of ways. It really depends on your deal, what you're trying to accomplish, and, uh, what, and what you're willing to offer. Uh, but, um, I don't care if you had any money, uh, you don't necessarily need any, uh, you're, you're more than likely not doing it by yourself, but, um, if you don't have the experience, then you go find the experience and bring them in. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to do that. Yeah. Invest, investing in real estate is a team sport and, you know, all this big successful guys that, do you know uh, syndication? They're they're just partnering on deals with other investors and raising capital. Yep. Right. So. Yep. Okay. How about one more quick question, uh, Anthony, and then we'll wrap this up. Oh, yeah. Thank. Thanks for that. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, dang. Uh, <laughs> any of the other two have a quick question? I wasn't uh, planning. Okay. On a yeah. Go ahead, Christy. How about you? Do you have a quick question? Yes. Uh, how would you best structure a terms offer if the seller's monthly payment is too high in relation to what's owed? Um, well, is your goal to flip the property or wholesale it? I would say to wholesale. So um, if, if the monthly payment is, is higher than market rents, is that what you're asking? Well, let's say, for example, if the amount owed is around 400000 and typically a monthly payment would be 2000 a month, but their monthly payment is 3500 would you pursue that deal? Um, again, it would depend, like, are, are, is, are, we, are we buying with a ton of equity? Um, because you could still flip a deal like that, right? Um, if you bought on short term and, and, and you fixed the property up, forced depreciation and resold it, you could do that. You could still buy on terms. Uh, does it work for a you know, long-term hold for a landlord? Probably not, right? If the payment's that high. Or an owner-occupant, it probably wouldn't work. Yeah, right. Or an, yeah, yeah, true. Or an owner-occupant because, yeah, that's... And, and one of the things that I would tell you is that it will be on a case by case basis because uh, the seller can have a high payment on a small amount owed, right? So you could take that same example and they could owe a hundred 
and their payment is $17.50 a month or something like that. Um, it makes it more difficult to structure deals, but it will come down to what's the exit strategy. Um, because anytime, if there's lots of equity, well, you got to cover that payment. And then, you know, is there enough money left over to really even give the seller any money on their equity? So it may be more difficult to structure. Um, if there's not, you know, if there's less equity, but the payment's higher. Now the real question is, is, is anyone willing to make that payment based on what the property is worth? Uh, and the higher it is, the less likely that that's going to happen. And, and then there's a lot of other factors that could go into it is, you know, how nice is the house? Where's the house? What's the price range of the house? Um, yeah, you know, all those kinds of things. It's like, is there an equity play there for, for the short term? Or is the, you know, principal low enough where you could do a subordination, right? And wipe that payment out. Yep. So, so yeah, but I will give you an example. If you if you remember a couple episodes ago, we we touched on a, an example that that we have under contract. It's twenty four units, and the underlying loan is five point three eight percent, which is, in my world, that's high. And uh, and we offered what I believe to be my max, right? So. I offered 5% interest and we, we had to go back and forth. They didn't like that they were paying more than we were. And I said, you're lucky you're even in the five range. Normally we'd be in the low four range. And, uh, but if the numbers can work still, then, uh, then you, you can structure something. There, there are times where the numbers will not work and, uh, that we can actually look at doing some of those uh, examples in some upcoming episodes where we could actually look at some deals where, hey, the payment, whether it's um, whether it's existing underlying debt or it's you know that they're asking such a, a high price. That the, the payment's got to be significantly less than what it would normally be if we were even dealing with, you know, a 3% or a three and a quarter or three and a half percent interest rate. So, um, uh, good question, but it, probably better to answer that one with some examples. Yeah. Thank cool. you very much. It was great. Yeah, thank you guys for your questions. Um, this is awesome. And, you know, it really, it kind of gives a macro perspective of understanding creative financing, right? Because um, these are kind of more macro questions than micro, but uh, love it. Okay, guys, well, you can find us at the creativefinancingpodcast.com. That's our archive. Um, so go check that out. Uh, if you have not already, please join our Facebook group at the Creative Financing Podcast. Um, we're trying to build that community to help you guys out there uh, create terms, right? So do that. If you guys are inter interested in Jeff's apprenticeship program, um, you can get more information from Rebecca. Just shoot her an email. Let her know you're interested in that. And her email is R-E-B-E-C-C-A at weofferoptions.com.
www.creativefinancingacademy.com. And then lastly, if you're interested in the Creative Financing Academy, where, you know, it'll be the best way for you to learn and, if, you know, at, at your own pace, uh, how to use creative financing and structure terms, uh, definitely check that out. And to get more information, um, email Jeff, J-E-F-F at weofferoptions with an S.com. Uh, and he'll send you a little uh, teaser video, if you will, of uh, what it looks like. And uh, if uh, and I, I can't guarantee anything, right? But uh, I would almost guarantee that if you sat down and watched these videos, and you went through the same numbers that he does, uh, there will be something that clicks in your brain that says, "Okay, I understand how to do this now." Um, because it just takes practice, right? So if you're interested in that, email Jeff, weofferoptions.com, and he'll send you the video. And at the very least, get the video. Uh, it's worth watching. Uh, any last words, Jeff? I totally agree. And um, certainly join our Facebook group. Uh, it's free. There's uh, some very smart people in it. And uh, bring your, your questions, bring your leads, and uh, we'll get you some answers. Cool. Okay, guys, till next time, go out there and create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.